It's the Lakeland Sports Guys with Chris and Tom. The coach, Dan Spivey, also in the house today. Glad to have you with us. Coming to you from Howard's on Main in Uptown Greenwood, where today's special is the twice-baked potato with the ribeye steak sandwich. So come and get it on Thursdays. It's uh, the reason we're here mainly on Thursdays. Enjoy some of those great twice-baked potatoes to go along with it. Glad to have you along for the ride today. We've got a lot to talk about. High school games that are coming up. We've got a new assistant coach that was hired at Lander. We'll tell you which team and who he is and who he's going to be assisting to go along with that and then we'll get into the college games uh, as well got some good ones including the big one with presbyterian going to take on wofford and the dogs up there so that uh, and much much more is coming your way chris how are you my friend good man how are you doing well you, you had me there i was thinking about the game in between the hedges but you're right that's more that's a bigger game with with pc and wofford i mean <laughs> it coach. goes back a lot for well i don't know if it goes back further i think uh, it probably does, probably teams, does. yeah but so you got two new co- – well, I mean, all, I mean, Coach Watson was there last year, but you got two basically new coaches at PC and and a one-year guy at Walford that's doing really good things there. I was really impressed watching him play Pittsburgh first of the year. So, on the road, Narduzzi, um, it was just a little too much for them. But they, they never – the defense, they played pretty well the whole game. I mean, they just couldn't put points on the road. On the board against Pittsburgh. All right. Well, we're going to get to the uh, college games coming up. We'll save those for last because we did them first uh, earlier. So we'll go ahead and start with the high school stuff because there's a lot that is going on uh, in and around the high school ranks. And probably uh, when you look at it, there's uh, – you could choose a game of the week where you want to go to because all of them are pretty good. Saluda is off this week, so the Tigers uh, are taking a little bit of a break after their win, a 9-6 win in which they need some time to recover because that was a very physical ball game to go along with it. But let's start with the Emerald Vikings. Um, you know, they've lost three games by a total of, what, seven points is, is what we can't calculate it and add it up. But they have no bigger test than what they've got right now because coming in, the number fourth ranked in 3A BHP Bears are going to be making their way into Emerald to take on the Vikings at Frank Hill Stadium this coming Friday night. 7.30 is going to be game time. We hope everybody will get out there. And this this game, to me, probably is going to be the game of the week because you've got big offensive lines versus big defensive lines, and you've got speed and you've got – talent all over the place can emerald slow down bhp enough to pick up their first win of the season have you followed bhp by the way have you looked at their schedule i've looked at their schedule well, I, and i'm not trying to answer it for coach DeBose by any means i mean it's a road game you got to try to win all your games at home but this team has beaten some really good teams outside of their classification region whatever you want to call it and i mean their offense just seems to not be stopping at any point in time whether it's does it play west side already Clinton, they play, they played two or three that were way up in classification. Well, they, they haven't played lost large. yet. They played they large, you're right. That was one of their games. And then they played the second game or third game, they played somebody, Powdersville maybe, mm-hmm. after Abbeville did. So, I mean, they're playing talent. I mean, it's a game that if, if your coach had to bows, I mean, you look in your lips, you're playing it. It's a home game. And like I said – I told Coach DeBose, I said, man, you impressed me at Hampton. That's all I'm going to say about it. Um, <laughs> well, you know, again, give Emerald credit. They played without two of their starters this past Friday night. Uh, Key Holloway was one of them. They kept him out for precautionary reasons um, due to concussion protocol and that type of stuff, make sure he was going to be all right. Uh, and they did without an offensive lineman to go along with that. But those guys are going to be back this week. That's going to be a big difference maker. Rested, man. Like I said, I mean, Key Holloway is the key to that offense, and he and Foster and – I mean, eventually it's got to turn around. It's got to. I mean, these guys are playing really good football. When you're losing, when you're losing games in overtime, and we go back to '96, and we can go back to the other one. But 
when you lose in games like that, it's like Stan always says, man. That one W, when you put it in your pocket and you put it out there for the team to see, it grows. They need one win to get this whole season turned around. It could be Key Holloway with a big game. Foster with a good running game, but the defense is going to be the key to try to slow down that BHP offense. You know, and this is the best three and O or O and three team in the entire state, regardless of classification well, as of right now. Well, I, he saw I, the paper too, didn't he? <laughs> I, I I told the guys this morning at breakfast. I said, you know, Emerald's just a hard luck team this year. You know, to this point, it just Lady Luck has not been on their side. So maybe what. We'll, they, those coaches need to do over there. Maybe they need to go get the high priest and just kind of form a, uh, an intervention or exercise all these demons out of that stadium and <laughs> off of that team and and welcome Lady Luck, Lady Luck on that white horse and back into the fold because that's what they need. I mean, the, the three games that they have played uh, could have easily won all three of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, they weren't. You know, they're not playing bad. They're not, you know, they're well coached. They've got athletes all over the field, both sides of the ball. Um, it's time for them to put a game together. And and, and this this would be, this would shock a lot of people if Emerald beat BHP. It wouldn't shock it, Coach DeBose, though. It would not shock, shock uh-huh. the Coach DeBose because they know what they've got. Yeah, they, and they know that – you know, one play here and there in those three ball games, and they win the ball game. And you get you get the good thing with Coach. I got to speak to him at Touchdown Club, and he's man. Maybe that's what he was saying, man. Why don't you ever come out with Ty? He don't take me out to them places, man. He, that may be what you're talking about—a high priest. They get some crazy dude out to do helping Tom, you know, on a on a Tuesday or Wednesday. But like I say, Coach knows what he's got. He's excited. He's he, they don't run from anything. Defense has got to really pick up the pace. They are because they're going to have probably one of the best running backs they're going to have to go up against that the Bears have. So and, and they played a, a good schedule. Mm-hmm. You know they hadn't played the little sisters of the poor. Let's just admit that. I mean they they haven't uh, a lot like Greenwood. I mean a lot of the same makeup. You know yeah we can go play lesser teams, but it's not going to do us any good. Let's see what's going to happen now. All right, this I, is still non-region. We're not having to worry about it. Uh, just go out and play the game, guys. Just play with your hair on fire. and They ought to be ready for go. the region play. Yeah. <laughs> to get That's out of what they're playing. Yeah. All right. I had a chance to catch up with Coach DeBose earlier this week. Here's what he had to say uh, in this interview. Talking with the head football coach for the Emerald Vikings, Coach Tad DeBose. And, Coach, uh, good morning. Glad to have you with us here on the Lakeland Sports Guys. Hey, Mr. Tom. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you all for what y'all do for all the sports people right here in the Lakelands area. Oh, we love it. Enjoy it. First off, I want to talk a little bit about what happened yesterday and, and also this weekend. Um, you guys had uh, a player go to the Greenwood Touchdown Club, got to be honored there. And then also um, Eli Shaw got to be uh, uh, at the mayor's back porch. On the mayor's the back porch. Yeah, yeah, we were, you know, just blessed. To, you know, we try to tell our young people, you know, when everybody – when somebody receives an award, everything we do is is a team award, and um, you know our kids are are working hard and 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 fighting and competing and and you know as their head football coach, I'm proud of them. And you know Robert Woodard being uh, you know recognized by the Greenwood Touchdown Club as our Fellowship of Christian Athletes, uh, basically uh, athlete of the of the week for us uh, is you know that's a tremendous accomplishment for him and. Um, his family should be very proud. Robert's a, 
uh, very high character kid and he tries really hard he works hard in the weight room and um, just super happy to have him here with us uh, Eli Shaw getting to go get a mayor's uh, game ball uh, and sit on the back porch with the mayor that's a pretty cool little thing he's got going on um, you know once again he he played a great game the other night had five you know tackles and nine assists so he's around the football a lot in a ball game where I, you know our defense gives up one score um, you know, he played his tail off along with a couple of other people. You know, everybody can't win an award each and every week. Um, you know, we can nominate people for certain things. And, you know, other people were nominated for certain things but didn't quite get denied on them. And, um, you know, as, as, as once again, it's an, a team award when any of our young people get something. Well, it's kind of hard in the Lakelands right now with all the great athletes that we do have, and, and that's you know that's kind of a blessing. Well, you know, there's a lot of good football yeah. right here in this area and a lot of good football players and a lot of great coaches. So, you know, it, you, if you get an award in this area, it means something. I mean, it really does. Well, talk about the culture of your team from game one to where they are right now because it, it has – well, I, you've seen a change over the last four years since you've been here. Well, you know, our, our culture, we're trying to – you know, we want our kids to be dependable, accountable, and respectful. Um, you know, our culture that we try to have here, you know, we're going to hold our kids accountable for the way they act. And, and we want them to understand that, you know, uh, you know, every decision you make is going to have consequences off of it. You know, right now our football team is 0-3. But uh, I, I sat at Saluda High School with them the other night and told them, I said, we're the best 0-3 team in the state of South Carolina. That's true. Um, you know, not many people can say, you know, I'm, we're 0-3 in a good football team. Um, our kids are playing hard. To, um, you know, when I say that, you know, it's, we've lost three football games by a total of seven points. And, you know, and that's, that's, that's one play here or there in each game that you switch, and it's a totally different outcome. Um, but, you know – our kids are fighting hard and competing, you know, and right now you, as coaches, we really don't really look at the scoreboard. We're looking for effort and attitude and, and, and how they're fitting into the schemes of, of what we're doing. And, and our kids are doing that and we're, we're playing at a pretty good level, um, you know, to be a relatively young team. So uh, I'm excited to see our best days are ahead of us, I promise you. Looking forward to it. we got a tough test this week. Uh, the Bears, as they like to call themselves, how about them Bears are coming to Emerald to, <laughs> to the stadium. And this is going to be another tough test for you guys. Yeah, well, you know, I, I'll go back to this. Even, you know, we're talking about culture and just a second ago. You know, one thing I want to give a shout-out to is our little JV team. Mm -hmm. um, our JV team had a big win last week, beat a uh, salute of 27 to nothing. Um, and the week before that, they had beat Fox Creek. We had played Greenwood early on and lost in overtime to them. And those kids, you know, we've got 53 kids on our JV roster. And, and uh, they're, they're putting forth great effort. And once again, this week, we get they'll get to go against BHP on Thursday night. We're going to take a trip up to Belton. Um, and hopefully they'll give us great effort. But they're um, the Bears, as you call them, the uh, Bears, uh, <laughs> they got a real good football team. They're they're a unique uh, combination of size and speed up front. You know, they probably average, you know, 290 up front on their offensive line. They've got one running back that goes about 200 pounds. Then they got another running back that comes in that might be the running best running back in the state of South Carolina. He's a highly recruited junior, uh, probably averaging about 16, 17 yards a carry. That's explosive. So our defense is going to have his hands full. Um 
you know, offensively, we're, we're going to go out and do what we do. Um, they're big up front on defense and got two good linebackers. And, you know, they, they, they're they very fundamentally sound. Coach Blackston and his coaching staff do a great job with their guys. So uh, Friday night in Frank Hill Stadium, it's going to be a clash. And, mm-hmm. and hopefully we can go out and compete in a way that will make everybody proud. It reminds me of the saying, it's not the size of the dog, but the size of the fight in the dog. Well, you know, we're we going to we, – we we not babies up front ourselves, so uh, we gonna we gonna go get after them and and hopefully once again hopefully our kids will compete and play hard and hard fast and clean and uh, we can represent Emerald High School in a positive way. All right, Coach. Best of luck. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Mr. Tom. And that, of course, is none other than the one and only Tad DeBose, the head football coach for the Emerald Vikings. And Chris, uh, he's excited for this opportunity. You can tell. You know. I always say there's coaches I'd love to have had an opportunity to play for, and this is one right here. Every anytime you see him, man, he's got that smile, and they're you know they're zero and three, but he's still walking around touchdown club, smiling. How y'all doing? You know we're gonna have a really good. You know we're gonna get it together. Y'all just give us time, and you know he continues to talk about the team that he has, and I mean it's just an awful feeling. I, I like what he said about he's talking about Marquise Henderson. If you hadn't seen him play, he's got a lot of recruit offers from for him but uh he's got a lot of yards but i mean it's a home game like we just said i mean they're gonna have their little pre-game thing and hopefully do like they do up there at tiger tile and like you said the bears is coming and i know you like doing that because i mean i, I every time bears <laughs> are playing, Chicago, i think about yeah. tom carroll but uh um it's, it's a little bit different bears team but they're a really good football team and he knows it but like i said i love what he he's also looking ahead tom you talk about culture and you look at coaches. That's what I always look at. And I look at Tad and I look at John Mark Scruggs and the rest of those guys over there. And they, they're they just they're just great coaches. They're great guys. And they're going to play with their hair on fire, as he said. So that's going to be interesting to see, too, since Tad don't have none. But, <laughs> but Coach is going to have that. You know, Coach is going to maybe, – maybe Coach wears a bandana out there and just gets it wet. And they're going to win a game. And would this really be the upset that we think it would be finally to win a game after you played Saluda, who's a ranked team, and then you played Hampton, who's a ranked team? And I mean, '96, you know, they gave them all they could handle, and Emerald, you know, we thought Emerald probably should have won that game. But um, this is the game that if I was to pick up the paper, we're not going to pick up paper. We're going to know it Friday night up in Anderson, and we're going we're going to pull him guys through from up there. But uh, having Key Holloway back, that's a key for this football team. And Foster's going to be ready to run the ball. And it's, it's going to take a dynamic play or plays to keep them in the game. But if defense keeps them in it, you got to trust Key Holloway. Mm-hmm. Your offense goes to Key. So, I mean, it's a game they can win. I, I, if I had to pick, I, I would probably not pick the game. But we're going to go Lakelands here. We're going to say I'm running this game. I'm right there with you. I'm going with the Vikes myself. Me too. Uh, Definitely you know, pull it, boy. Way across, and that is our Lakeland Sports Guys game of the week. Uh, the BHP Bears and the Emerald Vikings are going to be pulling it out uh, in that one. As far as the score, I'm not even going to attempt because this could be a defensive <laughs> battle. It could also be an offensive showdown <laughs> to go along with it. All right, let's talk about uh, another game that's coming up. Abbeville, they were number one going into last Friday night. They fall to number three in the polls as of Tuesday. They're 3-1 and one on the season after Westside came in. And um, as Stan likes to say, stumped a mud hole, 48-13 to 13, the final in that one. Tad DeBose, uh you know, his vision uh, at the beginning of the season with this game was pretty much spot on. But you've got another tough test coming up, uh, a 3-18 that is 3-0. It's undefeated as of right now, and that is the Crescent Tigers. 
Iowa High School. Yeah, I continue yeah. to say it's Iowa High School. And like I said, Jamie Nichols is a guy. I, he just gives you the, the humor that you want to hear from a coach when they have a bad game. I mean, like I said, you play Cutter Woods, and a lot of things are going to get cut down by him. Uh, he's just a really good quarterback, and I love what Nichol, Coach Nichols said. He says it just we didn't get pressure on him defensively, and it it hurt us because he gave him a chance to throw the ball and find receivers, and they ran the ball pretty well. And like I said, I haven't followed Chris a whole lot. I, I do know that they, you're right; they're three and zero, and they they played some pretty interesting games. I will say that also a couple of the Anderson area schools that that they played, but this should be a winnable game, I would feel like it, it does. And they need that. They need a win before they do start the region play. So I wouldn't be a bit surprised if they come out and, as my man says, they're going to lay the wood to them and, and, and well, get through that game. It's going to be interesting, too, as Stan said. You know, that Westside game, you were going up against a big 4A school sure. in that regard, against a 2A Abbeville team. In that re- and I, th- I think they played the first half really well. They just couldn't last, and they had more players playing both ways than Westside did. Uh, and I think that was a big key. I yeah. mean, Abbeville, we know Abbeville is coming to win the ball game. They didn't come out there, oh, poor, pitiful us, Abbeville, we got to play. They come out there wanting to beat Westside. And with all – thoughts in their head were if we perform the way we're capable of we can mm-hmm. but uh with so many people playing two sides of the ball uh you know west side's probably they're probably not too many students away from being a 5a school i mean it's a huge school up there and abbeville is yeah it's lower um but you give it to coach nichols for for scheduling these guys they will be better because of that loss. And Crescent better watch out coming this weekend. Because Abbeville love to say, wait a minute, we we went from one to three. No, we're going to show you what one looks like and come in there and beat Crescent. Yeah. Uh, you know, it would not surprise me. Let me give you their schedule real quick because we talked about who they played. They played the team that we play. They went to Pen- I mean to Pickens, and we know there's been some coaching changes up there. And they won a game 34-14. Fairly easy went on the road for them. And then they went to Dixie High School, and that was 58-7. to Then they go to the Fountain Inn, one of the newest schools in the upstate. Got their first win, uh, what, the end of last year? Yeah, and yeah. they won 33-13 there. Now, they got – here's what I always like looking at these schedules up for. They, they they have Abbeville at home, and then they come to Emerald. So, Crescent, Iowa High School is coming to Coach DeBose next week. So, it don't get any easier. We try to <laughs> hope it gets easier for them. But, I mean, they're a really good football team. I mean, I'm just sitting here watching them now. And, I mean, they're, they're talented. they got a really good passing game again. Uh, they run the ball well. And, I mean, defense seems to be pretty good for them. So. All right. I'm taking Abbeville 110. percent I'm Panthers. taking Abbeville too. How many times? I've already learned my lesson about not taking. Do Abbeville. not bet against the Panthers. I've done it twice since we've been doing this, and I've lost both of them bad. So, all right. Uh, the other one that was we kind of considered to be was my runner-up for the game of the week. Uh, if we can have dual games of the week, this would be it. But Dixie goes to McCormick. McCormick is one and three. Dixie uh, is zero and three as of right now. This is a big one A matchup uh, to go along with it. This is a region game. Homecoming yeah. Yeah. at McCormick. So, uh, they're going to be ready to play down there. Coach Collier's got that first win. And, like I said, I, he was, I think he was more disappointed than I was. Like I read the McCormick message, and he's like, how did we lose to Fox Creek? They ain't won in eight, nine years. 
And he said, it's disappointing they won that game. So he was as disappointed as I was about it. But um, he realizes they got their first win last week. And, I mean, that's what they need, Stan, that W. Yep. Now, Dixie's going to be a really tough team coming in. Uh, Coach Sarr, and, and that's going to be a good matchup. I just don't – like I said, now that McCormick's got that first win, Dixie's looking for theirs. I, I'm going to probably go with McCormick at homecoming. So uh, Unless the distractions get to the players. And it could be. I and, mean, and, with know, it being the homecoming. I mean, uh, I saw it. I think, I think Dixie's still hungry. And we know Coach Sarr is, <laughs> is coming in there to win the ball game. And he, he wants to spoil that homecoming. And he's going to have his guys ready to play. I expect it to be a close ball game. I don't think either team's going to go out there and blow the doors off the other one. Uh, and both of them are averaging about 20 and a half yeah, points a game so, right you now. Know, so. You know, this could be one of those 14-10 ball games with, with no problems. And I think both coaches would be happy if it was. Like I said, McCormick, I mean, like I said, the way they started with the two teams they yeah. started with, they have 28-point average a game. It's pretty good. Yeah. Like I said, they scored, what, zero against Abbeville and mm-hmm. three against Lincoln. And so, to, to average 20 points a game, what, three games later is pretty solid. I'm going with the uh, Hornets on this one. I'm I'm through and through Dixie Green. There you go. <laughs> I got you. I stayed close to my town. I got to pull. I got to pull from McCormick. I live too close. If, <laughs> all I am is a stake from being in McCormick County. So, <laughs> I, I got to stay with my region. Go along with that. All right. Uh, Where Shoals, they go on the road. Uh, or actually, they're going to be at home. They won't be on the road. They just uh, suffered a, a loss to West Oak, a 3A team, 29-20. Uh, they played really, really tight mm-hmm. in this one. But they get to go up against now a top-five team, uh, number two ranked in the polls as of right now, and that is St. Joseph's, who is 4-0 and in 1A. I tell you, now that we're getting into what we're going to start calling region, it's three of them. Southside Christian, St. Joe's, and Christ Church, and they all play every one of our teams almost back to back to back. I can look up where Shoals right now and tell you that they probably got three in a row with them because I know Calvin Falls does, I know McCormick does, and mm-hmm. it's just like the three games you wish you didn't have to play, and they put them all against the, the team. So Dixie will play them, McCormick will play them, Calvin Falls will play them, and now where Shoals is playing them this week. A very tough game, and probably the, to me, probably the one of the ones that's not as well known as St. Joe's. We all know Christ's Church who won it last year and Southside Christian who won it two years ago. But this might be the year that, that St. Joe's steps out of their their place and, and goes ahead and wins them a state over the other two schools that they're playing. But not, don't count the swear show. I'm telling you, as long as they got Justice and he's healthy, Justice Lomack is where that offense runs behind. And, mm-hmm. Or excuse me. The line's what he runs behind. But, like I said, he's just putting up some crazy numbers up there. And, like I said, they're breaking in a new quarterback and stuff. So, it's starting to – Coach Dobbins, they they got a good little team up there. And I just don't know – is it Regal or not? Where'd you it's tell at me? Regal, yeah. Okay, well, that's a positive. And they haven't ever seen uh, this offense. <laughs> this is going to be something totally new than what they've been seeing the last two, three years. So, oh. uh, can that coaching staff – withstand what they're going to withstand in that first half and hope to make the adjustments in the second half. That's going to be the key factor, I think, for St. Joe's because they're going to come out, I, you know, where Schultz is and punch them in the mouth. Yeah, I mean, like I said, St. Joe's had modeled their self out of Christchurch and, and, and Southside Christian. and So, I mean, it's also going to be an offense that, that where Schultz doesn't really want to see because they're really – there, these three. I'm telling you, you make it sound like that. This is. I mean, I make it sound like these are the three. They are. These are the three schools that you got to worry about in one. 
it's Southside Christian, it's St. Joe's, and it's that. And it's, in Region and, 1, yeah. And you just flip a coin, and anybody can win on any given day. And like I said, I hope Coach Dobbins, they'll be ready for them when they played so well so far this year. So why are they going to just give up and say, I'm come on the field and I'll lay down. You can run over me and – that ain't gonna happen. So <laughs> well, we, saw wins. South, we saw Southside Christian what they did with Abbeville. I mean, that was a tight game. I mean, I expect that. You know, I don't want to say it's gonna be a route by no means, but I mean, I do expect St. Joe's to be able to put some points up on the road. I mean, on the board. I, I just hope it's not enough. And like I said, I, I'm pulling for Ware Shoals, and and like I said, as a Lakeland's team, I'd like to see them win it. I just don't. Coach Dobbins, I'm waiting on one more game for you to show me, and then I'm gonna. Because like I said, I I don't even want to look up the schedule because I know what's coming up next three weeks. Uh, it's going to be the other two schools are going to be right behind it. <laughs> so I mean, like I said, that's just a tough region, Tom. It really is, and, and unfortunately, a lot of Lakeland's team are in that region. You know, give me the uh, train horn. I hope it sounds a lot this coming <laughs> yeah. Friday night. That and would be good. I think where <laughs> shows for the first time in a long time has an offense that can put points on the board, and. Uh, I don't know if, you know, playing at home, you've got the offense. If the if your two-way players don't get worn out, you, you've got a good chance of winning this ball. Game. You really do. I mean, I, I, I really feel like they do. And it, it's because of the attitude that they're taking this year. And and they're, they're working hard. They're, they're, they're understanding – this offense a little more than what they had been in the past. So, uh, and they've got some athletes up there. And, and St. Joe's may be a little bit surprised about how tough this West Shoals team is going to come out. And the West Shoals team is going to come out and smack them in the mouth. And it's going to be how does St. Joe's re- yeah, respond. I, th- I think St. Joe's, too, if – they haven't utilized their receivers like they yeah, have been yeah, able to. Right. I think this might be one of those games where if they shut down the running game in the second half, those wide receivers could have a big second good, half. Good. Uh, they need to bring it into play because you know, for one, they're going to they're gonna key on Lomax. We know that. If you if you haven't been following the worst this year and you don't key on that running back and try to stop the run first, you're not a very good football <laughs> team. Let's just say that. And I know that they are at St. Joe's. Um like I said, I'm looking up this thing here because I want to see. I didn't realize they were Catholic school. I guess that's yeah. why they're all in that little deal. Okay, yeah. so and and I might be where like you bring the. I might be where you bring that uh, fellow, that priest in from the high priestess in, and, and let him put a little <laughs> something on that thing. But uh, like I said, they're four and zero, and we're shoulders one and two. But they they fight to the finish. They don't give up, and I mean, it's going to be a tough game. So like I said, if they come in and win, it's, they're going to earn their win. Yeah, probably night. All right. Uh, well, let's move on. I, I take the the Hornets here uh, yeah. in a close one. I take them in a close one. And thus, forgot. I'm going to stick with the Lakers. I'm going to pull for you. On I'm going to take St. Joe's. I'm pulling for you <laughs> to go along with it. Um, all right. Uh, how about the Greenwood Eagles? Um, they went from being ranked seventh to not ranked at all this week after the loss to North Augusta, the 49 to 40, a one that we saw that was just a weird game um, <laughs> in that second quarter. It was just bizarre all the way around but they came back had an offense and a fight uh that they didn't give up but they get to take on tl hannah now ranked number seven in 5a tl hannah is three and one their only loss coming to west side uh, and they did beat uh, greenville so they have played uh, two of the opponents top opponents in our region already this will be their third with the greenwood eagles well i think this is one of those games that uh we harken back to what coach liner said early in the year if you're going to beat Greenwood, you better do it this year. 
And this year, every game we have played, we have seen quality play. We have seen improvement. We have seen mistakes. But we're kind of Jekyll and Hyde, and a lot of that is coming from the young players. A lot of it is we've moved people around to different positions. But we're into the fifth game now. Everybody's starting to settle in. And uh, I look for this to be a good ball game. I mean, it's both teams have been kind of heckling Jai all mm-hmm. season. I mean, Hannah's uh, looking like we do at times. But uh, it's about time for Greenwood to come out and play a complete game on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. We showed last weekend we can put the foot on the gas and score points. We showed in the – the, the game against Dorman, we can play defense. Uh, against AC Floor, we can play defense. We're not going to talk about the Sandy Creek game because we were just overmatched, but we played well. Now, we did later in the ball game. There was a lot of arm tackling, and that's one thing that has concerned me, um, that we, even last week, we had a lot of arm tackling going on. But... I feel sure Coach Butler and those defensive coaches have been working on that, and we'll see that improvement. Mm -hmm. Well, here's what I had a chance to catch up with Coach Liner. Here's what he had to say about these Yellow Jackets and taking on T.L. Hanna. Yeah, they're they're one of the few teams. I don't know if there's anybody left in our state that runs a traditional Delaware wing tee. Um, You know, it was – Extraordinarily popular there for a while, especially with your smaller schools or if you had smaller linemen. Um, you still see a lot of it if you go down to South Georgia, um, which is where Coach Tone's from. Um, you'll still see a ton of wing T teams. Um, not at your bigger schools like your Valdostas or your Lowndes or your Ware Counties, but um, most of the schools that um, compete you know, below Macon, most of them run the wing T. And so it's, um, you know, and it's a formidable deal. I mean, it's uh, puts puts a lot of stressors on you defensively. You've got to play gap control stuff. You've got to watch your pulling guards. Um, you can't make mistakes uh, in, in really every single play. You've got to go where you're supposed to go. And if you don't go there, they're going to score. And um, so, you know, in every play and every style of offense is designed that way. But when you only see it, when you only see the wing tee, uh, you know, once a year for us, you know, the, what we ran last year, there were some similar concepts, but it was not the same thing. It wasn't even close, really. But um, they don't run very much option. They'll run some midlines, um, some some speed option. But it's mostly, you know, old school belly, buck. Uh, you know, the buck sweeps, one of the plays that's been around since the beginning of football. And um, they run a lot of jet sweep, and they got some super fast guys. Uh, their running backs, three and nine, can fly. Um, they got a lot of guys that can run, um, and they're they're really good at this. And they again, they've been doing it for a while now. Ever since um, you know the South Georgia coaches kind of came to Hannah, we're starting with Coach Heron and now Coach Tone, um, and so they're. And they know how to coach that up really well, and they're really good at it. Yeah, one of their losses came to Westside. I'm taking you to watch that tape. And what did Westside do that was different? Yeah, uh, nothing really. Uh, the Westside may have the best quarterback in the state in Cutter mm-hmm. Woods. He's really good, and he, he fits it in windows that most high school quarterbacks can't can't do. But uh, the difference with that game is Hannah, Hannah uncharacteristically turned it over a few times. And uh, I, don't think, I don't think they punted. 
on either side. And um, Hannah scored on every one of its possessions, except for the times they turned it over, and then Westside scored on every one of its possessions. So um, that was the difference in the game is uh, neither one of them really stopped the other one. It was just, um, you know, Hannah had some miscues, you know, with the turnovers, and, and Westside capitalized on it and it ended up being, you know, a good win for Westside. So um, we're excited about it, though. It's fun, they're a fun team to play. Um, they they don't they're they're not mouthy you know there's not a lot of um, you know extracurricular type stuff they just play good hard sound you know tough football and um, and in the day if you beat them you got to beat them because they're gonna do what they do and and they don't get out of it same thing defensively they're gonna play a three three stack which we play a three three stack but um, they're gonna play that and they don't care what you line up in they're gonna they're gonna know how to defend it out of that base defense, and, uh, and they do a really good job with that. And there's not many schools that are – or many defensive coordinators that will do that, that will just stay with their base and not try to kind of find, you know, some some ways to uh, take away some of your stuff uh, by maybe getting out of the, what they normally do defensively. And, and typically that doesn't turn out well for defense. I used to love it at calling plays when I would see a defensive coordinator start doing stuff out of their main scheme because you normally it backfires. But – um, they don't do that. They they just uh, this is what we do, and we're going to force you to beat us by because we're going to be where we're supposed to be, and you just going to outman us. So there you have Coach Chris Liner, his thoughts uh, on T.L. Hannah getting ready for this Friday night's game, and it is a tough test. I mean, you really are going to have to stay in your lanes and play your assignments in order to keep it up. T.L. Hannah right now is averaging seven and a half yards a carry. And they've got five running backs that they're rotating in and out of. But the main ones you got to look for are three and nine. I'm so anyway. Thank you, Max Press, for that. But uh, um, and the one thing I will say here is that Delaware wing tee is something that Coach knows. Coach Butler and Zach and everybody Norman over there they know it too. So it's going to be something. He said we ran something similar last year. I think that matches up well for us defensively. I, mean, I really do. They're scoring 120 a game, and they're giving up 108. That tells you that you can score on that defense. That's what we got to do. We got to come out and punch them. They're at home. Let's come out and, you know, no pun intended, we're going to cut the radio down real quick up there, real fast. I love you, brother, but you can't win this one, radio. You're not here. But we got to, we got to go out and we really got to, got to knock them in the mouth. And this is a game we can win. We pretty much control time position all year long, except. Well, even Sandy Creek, Sandy which Creek we were. was way crazy too high for us. But um, like I told you last week, the shock and awe sticker as being a former car salesman is, is over with because I was totally shocked by the, the North Augusta game. And it's in the past. Sandy Creek's in the past. Let's bring Till Hannah and put him in the future and put a W right there beside it. I think we can. I think there's a lot of admiration between these two coaches. And when you have that, like you said, you don't have to expect what you're going to – he didn't want to say it. You don't want to expect what you're going to have at Greenville. When you play them, mm-hmm. or West Side, I mean, it's, it's there's good ad, ad, admiration between Coach Stone and Coach Chris Liner, and like I said, you don't expect anything crazy like that from them, and uh, it should be a really good game. They're going to dictate the run. They want time position that way. Defensively, we got to get in there, and we're going to play. I promise you, we're going to see some big boys on that lines for both for offense and defensive line again. Because um, when I went back and I did look at Westside, I did go back and I looked at the Abbeville. That was probably what beat Abbeville against Westside. But line play is going to be key. Um, special teams, we always feel like we can win. 
We have. We won all year um, long. We won special teams. Well, like I said, I, I felt like last week was the first week that we have ever had competition at special teams with North Augusta. And I was with the Stevens kid. It's probably – he might go to Hawaii now that he got the recognition against Greenwood he needed. But <laughs> it's a game we can win, Tom. We just got to go up there, 100% football. It's a game we can't make mistakes on the road. We got to go up there and play almost a perfect game. If they're going to have their two guys and they both get 100, 200 yards rushing, that's how they got to beat us. We got to shut everything else down, but we, we've got to run the football, and we got a guy named Tank. We got what's the name, Christian Roman, that can run the ball. We got a Ty Harris that we can put back there. We got a, we got a zero. We got a, yeah, we got a, a Caleb KB. Burton that can can do whatever. And like I said, this might be the game that you get to start calling several deep passes right off the bat. I think it'd be a big game that you want to hit them in the mouth. That's how you hit them with about a 70, 80 yard pass strike for a touchdown. So it's an interesting game. And they've been working all week to get that loss out of that mouth. I'm telling you, that's nothing easy to, to do. And them guys, they have worked their butts off this week. And I know they're ready to play tomorrow night. All right. well, I think this is going to be a game of possessions, too. And with, with the offense, and we've seen it last year with Greenwood running a similar type offense. They might take the ball on the ten, and it it might be eight min eight minutes later, and they still got possession of the ball. So we got to make the most of our possessions, and that's like you said, Chris. If we can come out early and get on top of them, uh, a running team has a hard time coming from behind. Uh, if they come out, they put one score up on us early. We can hit one play and, and tie the ball game up. We don't have to take six, eight minutes to do it like they're going to have to do. So it's going to be – I'm going to be interested to see. Yeah, you had Thomas just, Chandler just and Jaden. Just <laughs> a number of possessions each team has yeah. and we what pro- we do with We've proven the 14 seconds uh, can, yeah. can happen in a hurry. And I was dormant. That wasn't against, you know, whoever. That was dormant. Yeah. yeah. So – We've done it uh, well in three of the four You're ball right. games. So. Yeah. Well, let's not get behind this time. Let's go. <laughs> Turn around let's and go. go. <laughs> let's start big, finish big. There All right. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm taking the Eagles in this one. I am too. So, just be just because of the stat that is out there since 2017. Um, the visiting team has won every single one of these games. So the wins have altered win loss win loss since 2017. Yeah, Let me just say, uh, <laughs> Coach Liner, Spark, Coach, Coach says, I'm not going to pick these guys that came out and said, hey, take it, Greenwood. I promise you that's what I'm taking it's in this gonna game. Be a hard, so. It'll be a hard fall game. Fall it's game. A, but, but like they I said, always are. I remember what we played there two years ago, and it's basically that same style offense. Because he said the last two coaches have had that Delaware wing T style offense. And both games I remember playing up there and then the one last year down here. I mean, we played really good game. Mm-hmm. And we seem to play well against that football team, so let's keep it going. Keep it moving. Um, all right, uh, the other game that is out, uh, and this is a long ride, uh, heading down to Patrick Henry Academy, and that's Greenwood Christian uh, that is coming in this time around. And, and Greenwood Christian, 1-3 and three right now overall. They've set all kinds of records. Coach Will Rooney uh, has kind of transformed this offense from a running offense to more of a wide open pass it all over the field uh, throw it anywhere and just let everybody run underneath it kind of offense uh, that's been a lot of fun to watch but they're going up against a 4-0 and Patrick Henry team that year in and year out is projected to win the state title in Skeesa. And this year's no different, Tom. They, they're going – like I said, they had, you know, the way they played last week against a, a Buford team that's been solid all year too. So, 
I mean, Patrick B. Henry, they're, you know, from Estill, by the way. <laughs> I had to look it up. But they're, they're, they're a good football team. And like I said, they got the talent that Greenwood Christian does. But Kate Heaton's got to have a really big game. Um, and, and so does Owen Whittington and the rest of that crowd run the football and defense shut it down. It, like Stan always alludes to, man, is that, that little bit of that bus ride going to be a factor in, this, in it or not? I don't know. This team, well, it, some of the members on this year's football team are used to that from when yeah. Coach Doolittle was there and the travel because it's everywhere. I mean, it's way out. You know, you almost get your surfboard ready to go when you go because you're close enough just going down the, at the end of the night. But I look for Like I said, Greenwood Christians are a really good football team this year. The sheer fact that they have, they put 14 on Buford last week and Buford has only given up like eight for the season. I mean, this, this could be one that you could – Put up some points on too. I'm trying to see what the, the the points for points away for for this team is. Patrick Henry. Yeah, they don't give up. Well, I think I think Greenwood Christians a lot like Emerald. They need to get the high priest out there and get some luck on that. <laughs> get some that luck high priest is going to be busy this week. They, by the they, way. they need to get some luck on that. Some lady <laughs> luck on their side. They they even the games they've lost, with the exception of the Buford game. Yeah, I think they've been in the ball games, and and you've got. You just got to get over that hump, so to speak. And uh, here you go, Greenwood Christian, three thirty-three and a half a game yards. They're three eighty-five. So you're right there with them. Right there with them. If, so if you're you Coach Rooney, play. that's what yeah. you throw out there and say, yeah. "How are they that much better than we are?" Tell yeah, me how they're that not, much they're better. They're not. Uh, we just so. got to go out and play our game, and we don't leave Greenwood thinking that we're going to get beat just because we're going down there and these guys are supposed to be so good. You know, yeah. we leave Greenwood with the thought we're coming back to Greenwood with a win, and we're going to play our game, and it's up to you to stop us, and you're not going to be able to do it. I mean, no, our, our defense, Green Christian's defense, the Hawks defense is really going to have to step up because Hugh Ferry is having a phenomenal year as of right now. So take Brady, uh, Brady Anderson and Carson Goff and the rest of that defensive line linebackers. They're going to have to get pressure on Ferry and really challenge him to make some throws. Um, is he a, a, a Cutter Woods? We'll find out if you can get pressure on him and, and force him into some turnovers. I didn't realize he ran, he's, he's their main running back and their quarterback. So that's what I was looking at. Let's just take he and Kate Heaton along. For the side, he's averaging two fifty six point eight yards, whereas Kate Heaton's averaging two point two oh eight point five. So they're both running quarterbacks, but they can throw the Dickens out of it. I think touchdowns where it's a little bit off because because Kate does have two more touchdown passes than than he does. So uh, should be an interesting game, Tom. And like you said, Anderson on the defensive side against Sobe, uh, you got matchups all over. You just got to win your matchup when you get down there, and the main ones are going to be that scoreboard. So. And who can cover Whittington? Owen Whittington is the key to that game, in my opinion, because, like I said, he's averaging 21 points by himself a game. That's three TDs, buddy. <laughs> That's three TDs. They don't have anybody to match him other than Mathis, and he's averaging two. So. All right. Um, uh, I hate to go against Greenwood Christian, but they're on the road. It's a That's long a ride. a long ride. Uh, you know, and you know, I don't want to go against them. I'm not. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Hawks in a close one. You knew I was coming right back at you with that one. <laughs> I've been against the Hawks a couple games this year, and I've lost those two. So, I you know they're playing a really tough team, and if and if they go down there, it is no it is no shame if they were to lose this game the way they no, have played. But but, but so you, I don't you, expect you got them to lose. go down there with and and come out early, and we've talked about it with a lot of these schools we've seen this year, just coming out 
not inspired just like why are we even here. Yep. You got to come out down there and say, look, we come down here to whip you. We didn't just come down here to win the game. We come down here to whip you. We're going to let you know who you played. We might not – you might beat us on the scoreboard, but you're going to know who you played when we walk off this field. That attitude's a win, Tom. So yeah. I'm going to take them too. So, like I said, I, I, you know, the game last week with Buford, that showed me these guys can play with anybody. And it, it's just a road trip. That's what you guys say. You ride a bus yeah. to games all year long. It's just a little bit longer bus ride. Yeah. So, whenever you get off here, because we ain't got time to stop again. So, that's the, it's the mindset of players and the coaches. Just get them ready to play ball. When, keep them on that bus until kickoff almost. Let them come out and warm up and then put them back on that bus and then go. Or put them in that gym and let's go. As soon as they hit that field, be ready to play football. And that's what they'll do. That's what they'll have fun doing. All right, uh, 96. They are right now 3-1 and one on the season. They beat Mid-Carolina last week 21 to nothing, And uh, averaging, what, about 25, almost 26 yeah. points a game, uh, giving up about 17.5. They're idle this week, so they got a chance to kind of kick back, relax uh, for the weekend uh, and get ready for what's going to happen next week. But, you know, it's, it's, they're hard at work. They have been – I mean, Coach Bennett isn't one to make them sit back and relax. They've, they've got some new wrinkles and things that they're going to throw in. Had a chance to catch up with Coach Bennett a little earlier in the week, talk a little bit about uh, what he's getting ready for and, of course, uh, the big win that they had over Mid-Carolina last week. Here's Coach Bennett and what he had to say. Talking with head football coach Matt Bennett, joining us here for the 96 Wildcats. and. 96 comes up with a big win last week, 21-0. You pitch your first shutout of the season. Uh, you guys now heading into a bye week feeling pretty good. Well, the bye week came at a good time. We got a couple little nagging injuries that we can uh, we can get healed up and uh, gives us a week to clean some things up schematically. You know, we, we won a game Friday night, 21-0, and the defense played really well, and our offense played well in spurts. But we got we to gotta work on being more consistent. So we spent a lot of time this week. You know, hammering the details of, of some of our our schemes and, you know, put in something new and, uh, you know, new play here or a new wrinkle here or there just to, uh, you know. Keep always, other people honest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You got you to gotta have something that they hadn't seen before every week. Well, coming into this week versus what you saw last at the beginning of the, of the season, that first game, what's the di- biggest difference that you noticed in your team? We've improved tremendously up front on the offensive line. Uh Defensively, you know, defensively, I think we've we've they've, those kids have played hard all year. I mean, um, they they've just they've kind of done what we want to do across the program, which is they've built on good days. They've had they've stacked good days and they've gotten consistently better. And it showed out here Friday night um, against Mid Carolina. Mid Carolina, they run a they run an offense that we hadn't seen, and we we wanted to see. You know, we were anxious to see how we'd respond. You know, we were prepared. Our defensive staff, Coach Henderson, those guys do a great job. And our kids went out and they executed the plan. and They did a really good job. But from the beginning of the year to, to now, I think the position group that is, has gotten the has gotten better the most is the offensive line because at the beginning of the year we were, we were struggling. And um, we've gotten a little better each week. And uh, those guys played – that was probably the best complete game up front that we've had all year was Friday night, which is good because you want to keep building on that and get better as the year goes on. I mean, I think we were better up front. Um, we were better up front against Saluda in a game where we got shut out than we were against Emerald in a game where we scored you know, 28 points. So it's just funny how 
that's why football is such a great game because you got to have 11. 11's got to be doing – 11 guys got to be pulling the rope the same way. Uh, and one position group can't carry you. Right. So, I th- I've been proud of the development up front. And um, that, that, that's probably been the biggest change is we're starting to figure things out and they're starting to do – they're starting to make calls without me having to spoon feed them. And they're, uh, they're starting to understand the game better mm-hmm. and not just go out there and – Oh, I do this on this play. Well, why do you do that? Well, I do that because he's here and I'm here, and you know it's starting to understand the game a little bit more, and that's good because by the time you know, by the time the uh, everything starts flying around in region, you know, you want to be able to go out there and, and have a plan you can execute without having to stand behind them, you know. And at the quarterback spot, you may have two starting quarterbacks by the time you guys start up again. <laughs> we may. I. Uh, <laughs> I do not anticipate uh, Braden being back for a pillion, um, but we uh, there's a chance we get him back pretty early in the region, so we'll we'll see how that goes. He's got another doctor's appointment uh, coming up, and he's been getting good feedback every time. So you know, but Carver Carver Davis has done a good job of stepping into that role, and you know Carver Carver's mistakes are always stuff that you're going to see a sophomore quarterback do. You know, sometimes he'll hold the ball a little too long. He doesn't – what Braden has is experience, and he can feel that rush, and Carver, Carver will just go out there and, and get beat. He'll get he'll get beat down. He'll get hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, quarterbacks that have been playing the position a while, that they learn how to limit those hits. Carver Carver finds them. But he's a, he's a physical football player. He doesn't mind uh, – you know, much like Braden. Yeah, sometimes uh, you just need that first hit just to get things going. Yeah, just get 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 the cobweb <laughs> shit loose, and you know we gotta we gotta get both of them talked into sliding sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so there you have uh, Coach Matthew Bennett with the '96 Wildcats. I uh, had a chance to catch up with him earlier in this week, and uh, here's the other thing, Chris, is they've they're going out to all different kinds of places this weekend or this Friday night uh, in order to see some of the region foes that are out there. I think they're going up to Chesney and and Liberty and some others, but he's going back to Clinton this coming Friday night, which is going to be a lot of fun. And he's saying that, you know, I'm not sure that uh, I'll be able to sit in the stands. <laughs> you know, I like being down on the field, but uh, this is one where he's going back to the Red Devils and watch them play and help celebrate 100 years of football in what, the process. And he's seeing a good Chester team coming in. What, what he's a part of, the 100 years, like I said, he's a Gadney boy, but Clinton, he has his ties with them. And he's another one of them guys, Tom. He's a tad to bows. You know, finally got to meet the guy at Touchdown Club. And first thing out of his mouth was about Braden. I was like, man, I know you got the guy in street clothes. And he's like, oh, yeah, I don't want him thinking anything. But the, I think, you know, the, the whole Touchdown Club just got quiet when my teeth fell out and shattered on the floor about Carver Davis is a sophomore. <laughs> As you say, a sophomore, but I, I just to see what he's done this year with very uh, with a new coach, basically uh, a new scheme, as he says, schematics and and everything that they put into play, and he's played as well as he have he has in this season so far. Mm-hmm. He's only going to get better, and like I said, it matters when you don't look over that shoulder and seeing Braden Davis, the, the All Star, that's. 96 is quarterback, and he's in three clothes, and you play your game. But, I mean, like you say, when he makes mistakes, he, he gets hit for it, and he comes back, and he plays solid football. And they got a week off and a chance to get better. 
So it's going to be fun. Uh, they get Pillion coming up next Friday night. Another uh, good team. That is there as they go on the road for that one. So it um, should be fun. We'll we'll see what happens when they get Braden back. Um, and, you know, then you throw two quarterbacks back there. <laughs> I think you do. I, I think that gives you that wrinkle when region does hit that yeah. nobody has seen yet. Um, and, and that could be something that, that we talk about, you know, toward the end of the season having to a two-quarterback system because, you know, for what Carver's done, I mean, you still – Braden Mitchell's been your guy for, what, three years on that team, and you just can't let the injury take him totally out of the picture. And by the same token, you can't let, you know, him coming back take Carver Davis out of the picture because it's your future of 96 football. Yeah. And you so can't I think you do about, see both. Yeah, you can't forget about Zay King as well. That'll be a 300 monster that everybody's going to have to deal with. That's a big dude. <laughs> I, I looked at him the other night at Touchdown Club, and he's just so respectful. Yes, sir, no, sir. And then you look down at his arms, and, I mean, this kid, he, he's ready to play football, and you can tell he is a legit running back. <laughs> We'll leave it at that. Should be fun. All right, uh, so that's it for our high school football. What's going on around the Lakelands? Get out there, support your teams wherever they may be, and uh, let us know. We'd love to find out a little bit more. You can uh, DM us. Uh, just go to our Facebook page and message us that way around as well, some of the scores and highlights uh, that are happening throughout the week. Yeah, we'll get back to you. We'll get it back. Send a message. We'll get it back out. Should be fun. We're at Howard's on Main in Uptown Greenwood. We invite you to come on by, take part in some of the great food that is here, the great staff, none better than what happens here with B-Rad and the guys at Happy Hour coming up about 4 o'clock. You can join them for all the fun that is there as he's getting everybody ready. Uh, coldest beer in town to go along with it. It's right there, by the way, because I think you put rock salt on that. But uh, yeah, it's 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 he likes he, that's the classification he wants to go by here, man. He got tired of hearing me talk about Twin Peaks, and they advertise at twenty nine degrees. And he does what he's got to do to make it colder. All right, so that turns our attention now to what's going on in the world of college because there are a lot of fun college games that we are looking at uh, that are there. Um, it's, there's a lot of power puff games that are going on. We're going to get to Carolina and Georgia in a few minutes. We're going to get to Clemson and uh, FAU in just a couple of minutes. But let's go ahead and start with uh, Presbyterian, the Blue Hose, because they're going up the road. They're going to renew a rivalry that goes all the way back to 1914. Uh, you know, and most recently it's been five years since these two teams have played. And now they go ahead and they renew the rivalry here once again. Um, that last meeting was, uh, I guess that the Terriers one was back in 1994. Before that, it was all Presbyterian. Gibbsfield, that's a fun place to go. And like I said, it, you know, you got a new coach in, at PC and he's wanting to turn the whole um, – agenda way of thinking is for that football team and you got Sean Watson up at at, at Walford who's done wonders let's just say it uh, after their coach just decided I didn't want to coach football after COVID and left the Terriers high and dry and like I said they brought this kid this guy in and he's done well he played well as I alluded to earlier man that game at Pittsburgh against Narduzzi um, was a doozy for him because like I said that defense played well enough to win a football game um, they just they couldn't put the points on the board that Pittsburgh did. But, I mean, to go on the road to Pittsburgh to play the Panthers and, and, and to play as well as you did, I mean, the score wasn't indicative of how well they played against that game. But now you get a Walford team that's, that's a fairly good football team this year. And like I said, you're trying to put a new system in, so to speak, at PC. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. And and uh, what time's that game? Is that an early game, noontime? Or? It's, um, I think, a 3 o'clock game. Okay. I'll have to double check and see. Uh, Walford actually six p.m. Yeah, okay. so it's kind of late midday 
It's that downtown Early traffic. Evening. You don't want to mess with either way. But like I said, you'll be coming out of there later at night. But maybe Christopher Green will be lit up on the corner. But yeah, but Tyler Wesley has really lit it up for yeah. Presbyterian as their quarterback. He was able to come out and um, last week uh, he went through for 180 yards. Um, on top of, uh, you know, also rushing, uh, you know, no, excuse me, 307 yards he threw for, and then they end up rushing for 227. So this is a team that in two years under a new head coach has really come alive and is excited about what's getting ready to happen, particularly with this matchup with Walford once again. 500 yards offense in a game, and you have a quarterback throwing for three and you're rushing for two, and he was a part of that also, Tom. You know, he's, he if he's pressured, he can run the football as well. So, you know, he had the 300 pass, but he also, I think, had 120-something yards rushing with the, to help with that uh, the offensive production up there. And uh, like I said, that, they're going to go against a really good defensive team for Walford, so that's where it really gets intriguing to me is the fact that it is going to be a really good matchup offense-defense. And uh, like I said, Walford's no slouch either on the offensive side the ball they got a really good quarterback and and like i said that's i, I don't think we call it a, a, a delaware wing tee we just gonna call it just straight out what it is and that's just old Walford terrier football like a navy like like some of the other teams that run the ball a lot but they can throw out of it i mean i think the quarterback had a 60 yard pass call back at pittsburgh because of a holding call, but and that would have been the points that they need to get on the board and maybe even oh, it wouldn't have turned the game around but it, it was they need plays like that because they don't throw them a whole lot. But when they do, he's a pretty accurate guy. I think he's like 20% on the year. So, I mean, he he's not just throwing the ball away or throwing it overheads. He's he's getting it down. But this is going to be a game. If I had to guess, I would say this could be a fairly quick game played because Walford's going to run the football, and they're going to throw it and run. So, if if Walford gets ahead, then you're going to see a lot more throwing from, from the young man throwing the football for PC. But – that's what I expect. I expect it to be a pretty good game down the line, and I wouldn't be stunned to see a PC upset. Should be fun to go Blue Hose is what go we're hose, here yeah. on this one. See what happens. And uh, there's a lot of Wofford grads. That place is going to be pretty packed, being that they're that close together just up the road on I-26. Like I said, a lot of times I know you just look at some of the stuff I put on our page about what in the devil is he putting Wofford in permanent. <laughs> and then you just won't believe the, the messages I get back, and you see some of them. I mean, you don't see them all, thank goodness, because some of them we don't need everybody to see. But, I mean – I, we got a lot of grads that, that are Walford Furman and, and Coastal and and I mean like I said if they're they're stay upstate you know and all we got Erskine to worry about we're gonna have Anderson coming up that's gonna be fun mm-hmm. with Bobby Lamb and you know next year that's gonna be fun to watch and uh, so we throw as much as we can at you and if you if it's something that you're not looking for just bypass it we'll have you something else coming along down the line and there's always gonna be that beach volleyball I promise you that. <laughs> It'll be making its way up. We're going. We're going to always set that beach volleyball. <laughs> All right. Well, Erskine uh, had a tough matchup against Shorter last week. Came up on the shorter end of the side, so to speak, <laughs> twenty-eight to seven uh, in this one. But they were fairly even. One hundred sixteen yards rushing, one hundred eight yards passing. So they were, you know, almost even, Stephen, uh, when it came to uh, run pass uh, in that one. But they ended up on the losing side this week. It doesn't get any easier as Erskine will begin their South Atlantic Conference play on the road. Saturday, they'll be at Lenore Rhine. Lenore Rhine is 2-0, and 6 o'clock game. Bears won in Greenwood last year over at the BAB uh, for the first meeting ever between the two teams, by the way. And, uh, the fleet so far this season uh, looking to, to you know, get things on, on the winning track and establish themselves, particularly in the run game, is the thing that we wanted to see most often this one. And who knows what... Uh, you know, Ryan is going to have. Ryan loves to spread it out and run out of the spread. So, this is going to be one uh, of those games. I think that 
you're, you're going to have to put some guys on some islands in order to stop the run at some of those three running backs. I think, and I think that's what Coach Chatboy knows. He's got to do, Tom. But like, like I said, last week showed Coach Boyd a lot. It showed that against Shorter, they could run the football. And when they can run the football, it takes pressure off Pender. It allows Pender to just operate in a normal function where he's just, you know, three-step drop or whatever, and he's not having to run for his life. I mean, you know, they had one game last year where he had 100-something yards rushing by himself because he was running for his life, a.k.a. Spencer Rattler. But um, that's what it's going to take, man. You continue to blitz Pender, he's going to find receivers downfield. And it's only going to take one game where they can get – 200 yards passing for him to where he's comfortable in a couple touchdowns, that they're going to be in that game to win because they can run the football also. So this might be that game. Could could very well be. So we'll find out. Um, as I said, that game is going to be a night game. Uh, 6 o'clock it gets underway at Lenore Ride. So if you want to make a trip up to Virginia, this would be a good one to go to uh, on Saturday. Gives you plenty of time to spend the night come back on Sunday. Enjoy some great hiking stuff up there. Too. That's a good area, too. You're it's a right. fun area. It's a fun place. You can do your kayak and whatever you want to do up there. All right. Before we get into um, the, the big schools, let's talk a little bit about uh, Lander and what's going on over there because some big news coming in in the baseball department. Uh, as a matter of fact, Jason Burke has gone ahead and announced uh, that they are welcoming Nicholas Pop as their new assistant head coach, and he's got some accolades uh, to go along with him. He's 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 been under uh, a couple of coaches that coached here at Lander in the process as well. A Hall of Famer Kermit Smith, he was on that staff while he was at Belmont Abbey. Uh, he also coached under Chris Anderson, who was an assistant with Smith during his time here in Greenwood. Uh, and he's helped guide uh, Belmont Abbey to a 277-165-1 and record since he arrived there in 2014. And we've seen Belmont Abbey. They've, they come in time and time again very, very tough. They play solid defense, but most importantly, they are able to hit extremely well. I think about them and Bell and Abbey plays everybody. You'll see Carolina open up with them, Clemson, Furman, Walford. They play anybody and everybody. I just to my to me though, Tom, <laughs> Kermit's sending a lot of people our way. I mean, you think <laughs> he's trying to make a second run here down here and he's getting his players lined up or what's going on with Coach Smith to be sending us all these these aren't just coaches. These are guys with a ton of experience. Mm-hmm. That's gonna they're gonna actually be program turners let's say they're going to turn programs around and coach Burt's got it going the way he wants to anyway and you add that is he the hitting or is he a pitching coach or does it say what his forte is um, i know he's assistant head coach now but he promoted uh, but i think it's hitting i think it's hitting if i remember yeah, he had four right. players um that hit 330 yeah. and above uh and the entire team hit 305 last season you know what you know how so. i got that right his name's pop <laughs> so the pop of the bat. I mean, it could be the pop of the mitt too. But like I said, it that's going to really help this team because last year we knew the pitching was there. Mm-hmm. They had the pitching there. They just need a couple guys to step up and and really become better hitters. And it's just like, but it's almost like every time we talk about it and we see Lander making a coaching, you know, change back to baseball or an addition to the team. It's Coach Smith, our old coach, that that really basically started Lander baseball. He's bringing it back every time, and it's like he sees, he, he's keeping up with it well enough to know, well, you know what, this one coach can make the adjustment they need. And so he's helping Coach Burke out. So, I mean, I, I think that's cool. We appreciate it, Coach. And then the other thing is, is they went ahead and announced uh, their signing class for the 2024 season as of right now. And there's some big names that are on here. Wade Hampton, um, Ethan, uh, yeah, Ethan Califf. Uh, the right-handed pitcher, three-time all-region pitcher that is up there in all-state, all-region. Uh, he is going to be joining the staff, 
uh, as well, coming in and helping out tremendously there. You also got to look at um, there's a kid from Camp of Bellows, South Carolina, Jaredon Metcalf, two-time All-Region selection. Uh, he is an infielder, can play uh, shortstop, first base, second base. I mean, you put him anywhere in the infield, this kid can absolutely light it up on the bases as well. And then uh, out of Clover, South Carolina, Sam Kysiks. Uh, he was a all-region 3-5A region selection in 2022 and 23. He could be a difference maker to go along with it. And then you got some guys uh, also from out of state. I think Adam Love, a big outfielder, has a yeah. huge bat batting 375 as of right now, so uh, as of last year. So that's that's what's coming. Uh, that's some the, of what's coming. Yeah, Metcalf's the kid you can put it at the leadoff spot, too, and hits well. And, and the kid from um, – Clover that you're talking about, if I'm not mistaken, he played quarterback for Clover three or four years ago. So, um, good athlete. You know, you get, if you're playing quarterback and you're playing 5A, you're, you're an intelligent person. So, you know, they're bringing the right players in. And it's hopefully it's like we said, man, use – we don't call, we can't really call it portal for Lander, but it's – you need something to go find it, and that's what they're doing. They're getting really good guys, and they're staying in state to get it. And so I mean, it, I can't wait for baseball season now that you, that you brought that news forward. So, and it won't be long for us here, trust me. Well, what about South Carolina and, and the SEC going ahead and announcing uh, the uh, SEC schedule for baseball as of right now? Games that South Carolina is going to have at home include Vanderbilt, Texas A&M, Arkansas, Kentucky, and Georgia. But you're going to be on the road starting the season or the uh, conference off against Ole Miss coming up March 15th. Then you got Ala- at Alabama, at Florida, um, at Missouri, and at Tennessee to end the year. You know, SEC did it with women's basketball also. They threw that schedule out, you know, what, two months ago. And I think this just gives our, our fans a way to know where we're going to be. So you can go ahead and make plans to go on their way trips. Well, the thing is, too, is you got you don't have LSU, so you're not playing the, the yeah. national oh, champs. Yeah. But you got the runners up in Florida that you got to play down at their place. Well, I mean, it's going to work out that way pretty much any time anyway. You're going to have that if you do go on the road and play some tough venues and, and – um, we're used to Florida. We play there a lot with old Sully down there, and I mean, I think. But I, I, it's just like I said, it gives our fans a, to know what that schedule is going to look like. So I mean, I, I'm all right with that. All right. Well, let's dive into uh, what everybody's been waiting for, and that is Georgia hosting the Gamecocks of South Carolina in this one. Uh, South Carolina's new offensive coordinator, Darrell Loggins, brand new uh, to, to Smart and, and his experience. This will be the first time these two have uh, really faced each other uh, in a hostile environment, so to speak, for uh, Coach Loggins and, and what he's getting ready for. Uh, I don't think he's going to – you know, we hear all the talk about the matchups and what Loggins has been able to do when he was in the NFL. Can that matchup knowledge and what he's doing matching up players, can it work well for South Carolina based on the fact that you've got these long, very quick athletes that in most places, you know, outnumber you out on the field amongst your 11? You may have, they may have six or five at the best that they outnumber you by. I'm going to let Stan take this one because, like I said, he, he's totally in, involved in what Darrell Loggins can do. And I just, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not going to pull against the guy. I really not. But I've already dealt with it with Satterfield, who wasn't a coordinator, a game caller, and now we're doing the same thing. We got our offensive line should be really good on this football team, and it's going to build into it. But yeah, I think we. I mean, I'm, go ahead, Stan, because I said you can take it. Well, well, with, and I don't know what all of y'all said. I had a phone call. I had to take. No, but, you. Uh, with Carolina, I mean, if you listen. To Coach Beamer, uh, he's got some freshman offensive linemen that are just massive human beings. He sees a lot of upside to them. 
but you know you're going to have growing pains with those guys, and you know they understand it. You know the, everybody on the team understands it, but these are the guys. These are the dudes that are going to be playing, and uh, you think and hope that they <clears throat> start playing better sooner than later. Uh, Rattler's already shown that. You put pressure on him, he can still find people open. And with Loggins' experience, like y'all said, in the, with the NFL, he may not have been a coordinator, but he was sitting in that room drawing up game plans. And he understands matchup situations. And if we can get the right matchup due to scheme or personnel groupings or whatever, then we need to take advantage of it. And uh, we, you know, I'll, and I'm, I'm – Old school, I don't care if it's the first drive of the game or the last. Anytime you can put points on the board, you put them on the board, whether it's a three or six, put them on the board. And um, I think we're going to have to have some sixes going up on the board uh, to win this game. Uh, I think Georgia's still a little bit untested. I'm going to be interested to see what this quarterback can do against yeah, Beck and, hasn't and really had a had, challenge had in the first two games yet, at all. Yeah. So, and he and, struggled in the second. And so, you know, uh, their running game, and we've spoken about this before, with, with Georgia this year, you know, you go out here and you ask some Georgia fans, who, who, who's your, who are your running backs? They can't answer it, and that's unusual because Georgia usually has a running back room that's just packed with NFL talent. Um their offensive line and defensive line both lost a lot of NFL talent off of them, so they're breaking in some new people. Uh, you know, can there be communication issues? Yeah, you know, this is still early in the season, and everybody knows if you're going to beat Georgia, the best time to get them is early in the season. Uh, we do have to go to Athens, which is a tough place to play no matter yeah, and that brings right. me to the point too that that Kirby is reaching for things to motivate, motivate his players, his players yeah. with, and yeah. so he's using a quote by a South Carolina player that happened at the beginning of the season that yeah. basically said that the toughest stadiums, the loudest stadiums he's ever been in were Tennessee, and uh, was it was it LSU or all, somewhere all, like or that. somewhere yeah. over on the west yeah. side of it, and so he took he took exception to that and really challenged. I mean, he's reaching for stuff right now to motivate the, the Bulldogs with. And and I think, you know, uh, and I, 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 I and talking before we went on air that uh, I just hope this Carolina team and the coaching staff gets through to this team that, uh, guys, we hadn't lost a ball game yet. You know, we've got to play the ball game to lose it. So let's don't get the mentality when we leave Columbia that, oh, we're just going over there and it's already a loss. No. Let's go over there and play our game. We'll put you all in the best positions we can put you, but you still got to make the plays. And if we, make, we, if we make one more play than they do, we can win the game. And, and that's the attitude you got to go into this with, whether it's a 50-yard field goal with three seconds left or you go up 21 in the first quarter and George is having to play from behind, and maybe you get a couple of stops here and there, and uh, 
get it done. So mm-hmm. well, it's going to be fun to see how you know Rattler reacts to all this and his ability because uh, right now Kirby Smart is saying that he respects what Rattler's been able to do yeah. despite being under stress. He says the one thing we want to do is he he can beat you outside the pocket as well as in the pocket. So we need to keep him in the pocket, much yeah. like North Carolina did, and force him into long distances and keep and hold on the ball too long. That type of thing. Now yeah. that North Carolina game too also showed Beamer ball yep. is the real deal. So yep. Georgia's had to prepare for that, and Kirby's already said that he admired what his dad did. He says that, you know, Beamer Bar 2.0 is probably even better yeah. than it was with his dad. So he's, he's you know they're taking time out of practice now, to, to and that could be a possession down here or yeah. there based on how Beamer ball works. Yep. I will hear you saying on something. He, he made a statement about we got to have the sixes over. we got to have sixes. I, I'm not in a position to where if we're at a minute left in the half and we're down 14 to nothing, we need that field goal. We the field, If we kick a field goal there, it's irrelevant. I don't care about points on the board. If you got the ball close enough to get the field goal, you got to score that touchdown. we got to match the strike per strike to be the number one team in the country like Georgia. I mean, we sit back and we talk about how well we played against North Carolina. We played well, but we lost. It's not good enough, man, to be – like I said, if we're going – if these boys are going to earn their money, as we say every Monday, you know, seven five don't cut it no more. And like I told your buddy at the Touchdown Club, Gurley, I said, I hope you harass him to death because I am scared. <laughs> I, the, the Spencer Rattler baby that scares me is the one that's in that pocket, and he's got all day to look down that field, and that's where your picks are going to come from, and that's what you're going to see. If you harass this man, <laughs> he's going to probably pick you apart. But if you give him all day – I mean, Georgia may have two defensive touchdowns, maybe three, because I'm telling you, he's going to try to hit that window that's just not open. The key to the game is Xavier Lee. Well, they call him the X-Man for a reason. Mm. And we got to get Jordan the ball, man. If it screens out of the backfield to run the ball, we got to get him comfortable running the ball. But we, we probably need at least 150 yards rushing to even have a chance to do anything. And that's, that's the key. Can the rushing game get going based on what they've done so far? Well, we well, haven't seen it. I mean, well, we saw, three games, we or two games. We saw a glimpse of it the other night with Mount. Mario Anderson and uh, I can't remember the other guys who did just went away from me. Two re- two re- people that were recruited as running backs, and they are running backs, and they showed well. Now again, it was against Furman, uh, but they showed promise. Um, a. B. Uh, Amir Brown, uh, you know this. I think he's a junior now. Smaller wide out but the guy's got some quicks and he's slippery and yeah he did get a little bit of a hamstring in the game the other night but uh and listening to coach they fully expect him to be back fully for this game and that that's another one of those people you know if you start putting if you start double cover double covering the x-man over there you better watch <laughs> out for these other guys because there's some you know knocks at tight end he might not be a Brock Byer, but he can catch the ball. Simon, at tight, he can catch the ball. Don't don't go to sleep on him. Um, <laughs> well, and me, that's and that's where the matchup yeah. thing's gonna come into play. And uh, yeah, I, I'm like you. What Gurley was talking about uh, the, the the we got the fastest linebackers in in, in all of college football. <laughs> that's fine. That benefits can, us. Yeah, come on, bring bring that speed in because we can we can use that speed against you. And we see it as coaches. You see it. Okay, how can we scheme to get him out of it? How can we take his speed and put it over on the left side? And we're going right. 
you know, yeah, he might catch us 20 yards down the field, but when he does, we done 20 yards down the field with a first down. So uh, I think it's going to be a good ball game. Uh, Personnel-wise, yeah, I'll give you hands down. Georgia's got better talent up and down the roster, but they still got some young people that they're trying to get in, just like everybody else. And the biggest thing that I see is they really hadn't played anybody yet. And let's see what this court – I mean, the guy's a, what, a, a senior, fifth-year senior or something playing quarterback. He waited his time. He deserves to play, and I understand that. But And he was a, a big-time recruit coming out of high school. But high school and college is two different animals. And now he's going to get to see some more speed, some bigger bodies coming at him. Um, let's see what he does. All right. Well, here is the OC for South Carolina, Darrell Loggins, and, and what he had to say about preparing and getting ready for these Georgia Bulldogs. Um, and this week will be another huge, huge test. This team is really good, um, really, really good. And um, we're also excited about the opportunity to kind of figure out, you know, where we're at and continue to go forward and continue to grow on. Now, is there a point in the off season where you uh, have time to carve out some time to look at some of the earlier teams on your schedule beyond the opener, uh, analytics and so forth? And how much time did you spend on Georgia? And what do you think about, you know, just – how they go about things strategy-wise on defense. Yeah, I mean, Coach Beamer, actually, we have summer scouting reports, so we spend time on every opponent, um, and we do it in reverse order. So we start from the back and continue to – each week we have a coach that's assigned to each team. And so we do – we're very thorough in the offseason with studying each opponent. The The last two we just played and this one, the next one, the next one. Like every team we put eyes on, we broke down. We've studied from last year. Um <clears throat> Now they they've played two games, so there's a little bit of tape, so you have a bit, little bit better understanding of uh, their roster. Um, when you watch the tape from last year, I mean, you can see why the Philadelphia Eagles are good because half their team plays for them. Um, but it's a, it's an extremely talented team. I mean, they've got a ton of four and five star players, and they've recruited really well. They play with an intensity that uh, I think they get from their head coach. It seems like a very intense guy as well. Um, they've got every scheme. I mean, it's like being back in the NFL when you talk about scheme. And they've got them all. They've got every adjustment to quarters, and they've got every simulated pressure and every version of man coverage you can play, every version of cover three. Um, so it's a it's a task that, uh, you know, for recognition, or, uh, communication, for our quarterbacks, our wide receivers, our tight ends, our offensive line. They they create they create a lot of stress not just because they're so talented and they've done such a good job recruiting, but they tackle well and then you put the scheme on top of it which will be arguably one of the toughest schemes we face this year if not the toughest. Um, so it, it, they offer a lot of a lot of different challenges that way. So there you have Dar- uh, Dallal excuse me Dallal Loggins the uh, offensive coordinator for South Carolina his press conference that he had Wednesday afternoon over at USC and um, you can tell he's done his homework um, and he's got a lot of respect for what's come you know what they're going into uh, the other factor is 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 going to have to be can that secondary you know stand up to the offense and, and what's coming for him it can I mean I, like I said I, I feel like. Rattler's going to get harassed. Let's just call it what it is. Yeah. My question is, if we, you know, if we get down quick here, you need a learning experience. I hate to say it for Lenore Sellers, but he's got to get some experience with SEC-type play, defenses, so to speak. Um, 
and Luke Dottie is going to probably be, and you don't, you probably never thought you'd hear me say Luke Dottie is a key to a game, but it's that receiver and that slot spot. Yeah, it's it's coming back to the ball, maybe reverses. I mean, the stuff like that. I mean, Juju's got to pick up the pace. That's the guy I'm really disappointed so far. Juju McDowell and. He's just got to hit the hole and start doing some things better. I look at look. I mean, I'm not a rattler guy, but I mean, I look at the stats, man. He's 83 percent passing. I mean, granted, North Carolina and and Furman, but I mean, that's pretty solid. I mean, Leggett's got 300 yards receiving. I mean, O'Donnell Fortune at DB is going to be the guy that's got to really step it up to the plate. I think he stands right. I think Anderson Joiner, uh, DJ Braswell, who we picked up. I mean, and, and the thing is. If you bring Sellers in, or even if you put Doty in at quarterback for a little bit to just spell, you know, Rattler getting harassed all day by that the linebacking core, I mean, you got quarterbacks that can run the ball, and that's what you see with Rattler. He can run it. Doty can run it. Um, and Sellers can run it. So it's just how soon do we see another guy going in at quarterback just to give him a break from, from all the pressure he's going to get. Now, he knows he's going to get it. I, I listen to that. And, I mean, I stand – it gives this guy a lot of credit. I mean, I love NFL football. And, I mean, I love Madden as far as the game. But, I mean, I don't get on there and act like I'm the, the main guy that's calling plays. I mean, he's got to show it to me. I mean, I, I'm like I, like I said, I mean, I, I'm a game cop. But I, I want to see a coordinator that's got actual experience. And he's going to show it to me this year. If he doesn't show it, then he's going to be like Satterfield in Nebraska. It's simple. I mean, that's just how it is. I mean, I don't want to be negative about my team, and i got a lot of Gamecock friends that hate my podcast, yeah. and that's fine. But I'm not one to jump on a train and jump off. Uh, I'm, I'm too big to jump on and off. Man, I can break a leg, and I can't do that. So <laughs> I wait and let the train ride itself out. But, I mean, it's a tough game going in. And if we lose by – let's say the score stand gets up to 49-3 or something like that. At what time do we really start to pull Rattler so he doesn't get killed in this game? I mean mm-hmm. – we don't. I mean, I expect it to be thirty-one nothing pretty quick. I, I'm gonna be honest. I think if we can go in here and if it's thirty-one nothing, we can put two touchdowns on the board. Hey, we're back in this thing. But if it's a shootout, we got to shoot it out with them, and that's the only way we got a chance in this game. We're not gonna win twenty-one nothing. Well, I think uh, one thing that a, a lot of people are, are one player that I think he's still a game time decision, and that's Juice Wells. Uh, injured his foot in preseason. Uh, he tried to go a little bit here and there, but he just he's not there yet. But they say he's making improvement. Uh, you know, do you use do you put juice out there? Uh, if even if you're not going to try to throw to him as a distraction to Georgia, to take one of their players and put him, we got to cover him because we don't know if he's fully well. Or not, so you got to put somebody on him, and all of a sudden, if it juice is at a hundred percent, then you've got juice and the X man. Uh, okay, now Georgia's having to think a little bit more as far as their defensive sets are going. Uh, but you know, win, yeah, I'd love to have one. And that brings us to Chris's chaos as to uh... – Well, and, and like I said, man, if I'm going – I mean, you they want the chaos. I mean, they t- I've been texting about it for the last two or three weeks about bringing the chaos back. I mean, I'll only take the chaos with the points. <laughs> I, I, you know, they're fools born every day, and I'm not one that's going to think we're going to go down there and win this game really easily. I like what – you know, Stan hit, hit the big nail on the head at receiver. It's the Marion Brown. 
Yeah. I mean, it's it's Eddie Lewis, it's Luke Dottie, it's Dakarian Joyner, Tajon, Peyton Mangum, Trey Knox. Yeah. But here's my thing. We got Mr. Seven Figure that's our tight end, and he's on this football team, and we're paying him no tellings to play tight end. And I'm talking about Nick, Nicholas Harbor, however you want to say his name. This yeah. is the game, Coach. And I don't, I don't want no excuses. I, I don't want to say, well, I don't want to put him in this game because he's going to get beat up. You're going to get beat up now. You're in college football, bud. So I, I'm going to go, like I said, I'm going to take the points for the game, the game, Cox here. So hit it. That's my brain. This is chaos for uh, <laughs> the South Carolina-Georgia game uh, that's coming we up. we got a couple more. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's talk about Clemson. Uh, they're going to be at home. It's going to be first night game of the year for them as uh, FAU, Florida Atlantic University, is going to be making their way in. And uh, this is this is an important game, I think, not only for the Clemson Tigers but for Cade Klubnick. He has got to come out and, and really start off well. It can't be uh, – Dapple said this week it's been five plays, five really bad plays that have kind of been the defining of, of what we think of Cade Klubnick because they happened at the beginning of each of the ball games. But he got better as the ball games went on uh, is what he was trying to, to get across. Now, granted, you know, they were really awful five plays that ended up happening. But he's also in his first year as a starter. He started, what, one game at the end of last year. He did play in, I think, four or five last year. But actually starting the game and coming out and being able to read defenses, I think is all something that that really is kind of new to him in the fact that you know it's, it's the next step up. It's the next level. I've got to be able to do this, this, and this right now. Well, I think that goes to he needs more game time. His decision-making maybe time-wise, his decision-making maybe is in that transition between high school and college, stuff that he could do in high school with no problems. All of a sudden, it's a little bit of a problem now. Or, you know, that's just like setting my feet. He sees something, then he sees a flash in his peripheral, and all of a sudden, i got to get rid of the ball. When that flash don't doesn't mean anything, you know, and – and or he's running through his progressions and you know, okay, progression one, two, three. Well by the time he gets to three, one's breaking open. But he's seeing, well, my check down's just a little easy dump pass over here. Let me just go ahead and get it to him. Uh and all of a sudden that linebacker's coming up or that corner's jumping the route and he ends up with a touchdown. When if he just puts the ball a little bit of air under the ball and goes to the next level, the guy's open. When he when the ball should be getting there, he, he's he's a, little, a half a step behind sometimes, but that's that's youth, and and we know he's he's a quality quarterback. Right now, as far as Clemson goes, you know, you got to come out, eliminate the turnovers, eliminate. The dumb penalties, the, the you know, the offside when you get third and two and now all of a sudden you third and seven. That All that does is puts more pressure on Klubnik to make a play. Try to take the, that – where you can take the pressure off of him, take it off of him. Uh, you still got the two of the best running backs in the country. Turn around hand the ball to him. You know, you don't have to throw the ball every time. And this is where I think a lot of the Clemson fans had this misnomer that, oh, Riley's going to come in here and we're going to go air raid. We're going to be throwing 50-yard bombs every other play. 
and it's not happening. Uh, now he averages three seventy five yeah. roughly yeah, on, I, I, on a game, yeah, but yeah. mostly on the ground. It's never yeah. been through the right. Game. And 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 what he does is he puts the ball in his playmakers' hands and expects them, you know, give him a little five yard out and expect him to get fifteen out of it. And right now the Clemson receivers are dropping too many passes for whatever reason, and. A lot of them, when they do catch it, and and this could be a little bit of clubnik too, you know, they're getting tackled on the spot. Well, is that him delivering the ball a half second too late? You'll never know. I mean, the coaches sitting up there with their stopwatches, they, you know, they got everything down to a science up there, and they plug it in the computer and say, yeah, he was wrong here, but he was right here. <laughs> uh, right now, you know, Klubnik is an average college quarterback. He's going to turn the ball over. Every one of them do. So, you, you know, last year, you know, is last year. We into we this year now. Clemson, you've got to start fast. You've got to come out and start this game. I'm sorry, people. Just because this team's got Florida in their name, this is not Florida State. I'm tired of hearing about Florida State. Florida State is two weeks away. You know, <laughs> take care. Take of care. Papers. Take care of Florida Atlantic and Dabo's big mantra is, "Take care of business." Well, keep doing business as usual. Well, Clemson fans, y'all need to be talking about Florida Atlantic and what they can do to you. Well, they've and, got a big running game. And that's going to do, that's gonna you know, be the yeah. key here. And, and, and I defense. think that's the defense's strength is the running defense. Yeah, so. I think they can they can stop it. Uh, you know, create some turnovers of your own. Don't turn the ball over. You've already in, what, two games now you've had like five or six. You need to cut that down. You need to start getting some turnovers. Uh, I think we need to see a little more trust in the field goal kicker. Let's maybe try to get him a couple of kicks. In game time. Yeah. Um, well, they do get a couple of defenders back. Cole Turner will come back this time around. Tink Kelly, that outstanding uh, Richard freshman, is back off of injury. So hopefully we'll get a chance to see them a little bit. Uh, Makubu, Andrew Makubu, uh, I doubt if we'll see him. He's listed kind of his day-to-day -day as of right now after uh, suffering a little and turf And you can hold kind of some of these yeah. guys. If you feel like you need, and unlike South Carolina, you can afford to hold some of these guys out. Let's yeah. just be clear. I mean, we know Clemson is much better down, you know, three players down the depth chart, they're going to be better than Florida Atlantic. So, you know, you've got somebody that's still a little nicked up, put your dress clothes on, you know. <laughs> one thing on I want to see. Line for one more game, you know. Yeah, I want to see Stilatos. What he's been able to do the last two games is, he, I mean, he's been making catch, unbelievable catches. Is, is, he, and is he growing into that? Is Klubnik finally getting some assurance or I think he's getting a connection with, connection his with yeah. him and that if I throw the ball to him, it hadn't got to be the perfect pass. He's going to come up with the catch and uh, – you know, and that's just in the progression of becoming a better quarterback. And you've got to trust your receivers. And is this the one? And this seems to be the one that he's trusting more than some of the other guys. Uh, and that little stump Bo Collins pulled the other night celebrating uh, 
That probably put him in Dabo's doghouse. If it didn't, it should have. <laughs> he he uh, came off the Jets a little too yeah, early. Uh, so, you know. Uh, but that's teachable. I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, and that's what you're is, looking for, teaching. And, and it is, and, I mean, but that's something he should have known, having been in the program as long as he has been. You don't do that, you know. And I feel sure Dabo let him know it when he came off the sidelines, and he probably found out real quick Monday <laughs> that, oh, you want to celebrate that? Celebrate this. See them steps in that stadium take off. I'll tell you when to stop. You got two receivers that are used to touchdowns. Bo Collins is one. And the other one we know is Mr. Dutch Fork, Antonio Williams. He's your guy. Stiletto, like you're talking about. What about Tyler Brown? I mean, they, there's receivers here. I even looked down at Little Sweeney. B-Rag, come here for a minute. <laughs> B-Rag texted me and he said, hey, man, I'm your on-field reporter, so I want you to give me the report for this game. And I can, I can hear you here in a second. But like I said, you got the, the key to me is Jake Brennanstone. You have got to get this tight end involved in the Clemson offense. Now, you're talking about the running game for Florida Atlantic? Casey Thompson's their quarterback. Started at Texas. Went to Nebraska and was just thrown to the woodshell both times. And Texas let him go. Nebraska let him go in favor of Martinez. And now he's at Florida Atlantic. He can play. So now B-Rad, my man, he, I asked him here the other night. I think you got it. Like Stan said, you got to get the guy, Tom. You got to get him experience playing. But, I mean, I mean, I, I see you're not here. Like, Stan's always alluding to receivers. And they haven't stepped up to the plate. But receiver-wise, they're better than we are in Columbia. I'll tell anybody that right now. They are better receivers than we got in Columbia. So, we got to start hunting, too. But, I mean, Tyler Brown's the key. But, now, give me, come on, Barry. Give me your update, man. Stretch the field. And there you go. That starts with them receivers right there. That's but, what we want but, to see. But that is not the offensive coordinator's thing. He, he does not want to throw the ball over 20 yards down the field. And <laughs> He don't like that. B-Rad don't like and, that. And none of the Clemson people like it. And, <laughs> and I agree with B-Rad. You know, if you don't do, do it but once, at least drop back early and just sling it and say, Flip see it. what happens. Let, let Bo Collins or Williams try to run under it, you know, Tell him, throw it out of bounds if nothing else, but I want you to throw it 40 yards down the field. Make these teams understand that we will try it. And that's where uh, it's going to take. We might not complete it's it, gonna take. but by golly, we'll try it. That's what it'll take. If you get yeah. stuck, if you start keep going screen left, screen right, and, and, and letting the offense run through Shipley, uh, it could be a long season, especially when you get into right now, this game right here, it, it, it's nothing. This is this is a walk-through game. This is just a practice scrimmage. But the next week, when that other Florida team comes into town, you better strap the helmet on tight. <laughs> Moffa has 200 yards rushing in this game. Hands down, they win this game. They beat Casey Thompson and the rest of that team. So uh, yeah, the animals, oh, yeah. Uh, it's gonna be West. It's gonna be West yeah. Godwin, Coach Godwin, putting a scheme together to shut a guy like Thompson out. And this is a game that I. This is not gonna be a chaos game here now, by no means. <laughs> um, I expect this to be a route. And this, this, it's and a it good team. Be, it's it a good be. team, but I mean, I. I I'm not looking for anything crazy now. Yeah. All right. So, we all agree Tiger should win this one. Should. Should win this hands one. Down. Hands yeah. down. All right. We just want to see a, <laughs> we just want to see a, a whole game better performance. Stan's wanting to see what he knows that Garrett Riley can be. It's just – is it – be right. Is it convincing Dabo that Garrett Riley can call a game like that? And, and that's what it's going to take at Clemson? Is Garrett Riley being able to call his game? 
Because, I mean, we know he can put five and 600 yards passing up. We know that. Because he does it with screens. He does it with any kind of little play to get the ball in his playmaker's hands. But at the same time, as Garrett Riley's hearing all these naysayers out here wanting to go air raid, wanting <laughs> to throw the ball deep, does he change it up a little bit? Or, or does he stay with what he knows will win? I think he stays with what he knows he wins. I, I think he I heard this too. at TCU. And, I think and he heard it at SMU. And, uh, and the only problem between this year and what he had at TCU, I don't think the receiving core, as good as Chris thinks they are, <laughs> is as good after catch as the TCU guys were. Uh, They're not as big. There ain't no, no Kendrick no, Miller on no, this no, team. No. Moffa's not even Kendrick now, Miller. Now, you look at – Shipley out the backfield, he can catch the ball. He he's got speed to run away from people. He can break tackles, but we've also seen him drop passes. Mm-hmm. So, and that's one thing you didn't see TCU doing a lot of last year was drop. And these are easy throws that any quarterback should be able to make, especially at the college level. And you know mm-hmm. that, but. Well, we'll see. Uh, yeah, we'll the see. Tigers will get the victory and, and oh, move on, but it'll be, be a night time. game. It's yeah. going to be fun up there uh, in Tiger Town. So. Eight o'clock start. Yeah, which is weird. Not the seven thirty. It's an eight. It's weird for the it'll be a late game, stuff. which yeah. which means it'll be over around midnight. So. Be ready. You get back. To, you'll get back here around three or four. So I mean, be ready. Won't be back until Sunday. So. Yeah. Those TV timeouts are going to last a long, long time. time because that's prime time and everybody's buying commercials on that game. That's true. All right, uh, and that's pretty much. This guy's got one more thing, a little housekeeping to do. Uh, Emerald Vikings taking on BHP tomorrow night. Some things that you need to know about it. Gate 1 will be open for free parking, but because of all the construction in front, you'll need to uh, park and then walk along the road in back behind the school, not in front of the school. Also, uh, Gate 3, the gym lot, it has free parking. It's also used for the handicapped parking area. Gate 4 is the fields that are out there. It'll be a $5 parking. Um, it's that grass lot that is there. The teams, the Game officials, anyone working the game can enter through gate four and and park near the baseball fields and concession area that's down there. Booster Club members will be at the B parking pass, uh, enter through that gate as well, and it'll be parking down there along the practice football field to go along with it. Uh, just remember, too, deputies will be out there. They're going to have the uh, uh, metal detectors out as well as the clear bag policy. Make sure you follow both of those rules. And same the rules apply as they do at Greenwood. Got to find your seat once you get there, unless you're at the concession stand or the restrooms. I got three games for you really quick with the chaos. All I'm going right. to hit them really quick. You All ready? Right. I got Mississippi State at home against LSU. Win for Will Rogers. I got Minnesota coming on the road to Chapel Hill to beat North Carolina. Another big game. And then the last one is going to be Tennessee losing at Florida. I'm going to take the Gators in this game. Ooh. Graham, Ooh. I'm going to take Graham Mertz to have 300 yards passing in that game. But I got 23, so, I mean, that's a rivalry game, man. But I'm taking the points now. I I'm telling you, I'm stupid, but I, ain't, I wasn't that stupid <laughs> yesterday. But All I'm right. going to tell, tell you the Gators with the points. And I'm going to say, as long as Coastal keeps doing what Coastal does, this game Saturday is going to be It'll be good to win. go. Big game <laughs> for our man <laughs> from Greenwood, though. Come on. We need yeah, a big game, Sam. Sam, Sam will get it. <laughs> It'll be fun to watch all these yeah. games. Uh, and we'll talk about them on Monday. Make sure to tune back in. Tell your friends about us. We'd appreciate that. Wherever you find uh, podcasts is where we're going to be, whatever it might be. Google, uh, Apple, it could be uh, I, Spotify, you know, Spotify, Podbean. Where, yeah, it goes <laughs> on and on. Uh, wherever you have your favorite podcasts is where you're going to be able to find us as well. If you don't, let me know about it. So 
we can go ahead and get all that uh, <laughs> services go along with it. I'm Tom Carroll. That's Chris Cox, the coach, Dan Spivey. Thanks for joining us. It's the Lakeland Sports Guys here.